Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Shankelberg. And this is Diana Dini. Hey, Diana. Um, you mentioned, as we were just chatting here, something that sparked a memory or a process I've been trying to work through and deal with. As you mentioned, there was something like 37 tools for Lean Six Sigma. I, yeah, I, I have that <laughs> noted down from somewhere. I don't know where the source of that is. So if oh, there is a lean oh. practitioner expert. Yeah. Then... <laughs> what are all these 37 ones? Oh, I remember yeah, one uh-huh. of them. It was, it, was, it was on a LinkedIn post. I think that's where we saw it. And it was kind of just a listing of it. And I don't know why somebody felt compelled to list all the different tools. Except, you know, I've seen stuff like that too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 57 different ways to do a hypothesis test, you know, okay. There probably is. But okay. But that I, sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I mean, I've, one of the fattest books I got in my bookcase is, is basically all the different ways to do um, statistical comparisons. So a lot of it is non-parametric stuff. You know, is mm-hmm. is this random or not random? Is this normal? Is not normal? Is it, um, is it uh, uh, the same as or different than this other thing? And you know, comparing Likert scale results. There's yeah. algorithms for that. There's all kinds of, and then it has all the hypothesis tests, and I haven't counted them. Yet it brings up one of the things that Carl and I struggled with with the book is that we were sitting there going, well, how do you figure out what to do in a to recommend in a plan like we're going to do we think we need to do an accelerated life test yet the span of ways to approach that range from just to use the engineering judgment and make a guess to you know look at past data to run a simple experiments against your previous iteration to see if it's as good as or better run it against the model run a full-blown characterization where you you fit a new formula to it, you know, and or do a physics of failure model study that takes, you know, five PH, five PhD candidates two years to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of options. And some weed themselves out for all kinds of reasons. Yet it it was what Carla and I realized is that we're familiar with a lot of this stuff. You know, we're not experts at every one of them, but we're we know they exist. And the the idea that there's 37 tools for Lean Six Sigma, and, and there, there are a lot of tools or techniques out there. But when I first learned um, hypothesis testing, um, it was to compare two means. I had mm-hmm. two sets of data, and I, you know, calculate the mean and the variance for both of them, and then you could go into this formula and say, yep, there's they are different or they're not different for whichever direction you want to go. And then somebody said, well, you can do this for variances too. And I pulled up the same formula. I says, where do I, you know, how do I use this for variances? What's the variance of a variance? And they said, no, 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 it's a different formula. You got to do the F distribution. I was like, oh, okay. And, <laughs> this you know. sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you so far. So the the, the hard part of, about what we're doing, and I think it's not limited to what we do in reliability and quality engineering, is 
there are a lot of stuff out there. Think of a mechanical engineer and all the types of materials and all the ways to connect materials from one to another and all the issues that come with it one way or the other. There's a, I think there's more than 37 combinations of stuff they got in be and it's the awareness problem and um so that was my thought is that when i heard that note there's so many tools is what in the carl and i know i know we struggled with it and it was like well how do we improve the awareness of the range of tools that are available and, and that was an issue i had but so what would you mean that it, this sounds familiar it sounds like a personal story here coming. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just remembering how I learned um, statistics. And, you know, you know, you have it in school and you're in the chorus. You're like, yeah, yeah, okay. And you plug and chug and that's fine. But, you know, when you get out in the real world and you're looking at a real project for a product that somebody is going to be really using, it's a completely different (laughs) ballgame. Yeah, the answer is not in the back of the book. (laughs) Yeah, the answer is not in the back of the book. And you're kind of trying to remember what you learned in college and how it applies and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe that was my college. But um, but yeah, so you you crack it open again. And then then you, you know, you do learn that stepwise stuff like, oh, I can use it to do this. And then once you've learned that, then then like you mentioned, variance, you can do hypothesis tests for variance. Oh, okay. And and then that goes into other things like design of experiments and stuff like that. So so there is that awareness and you kind of learn it as you need it and you're exposed to it by somebody else. You're like, oh, I could use that for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, the, and, you know, you mentioned a lot of the reliability tools and in, uh, you know, this prompted the, the 37 tools of, of lean. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in the quality world, there's also uh, a book that I reference sometimes. It's called The Quality Toolbox. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's case studies, there's tools alphabetically, and then there's a matrix in the front that says, if you're doing this kind of thing, then here's this, or this tool's good for when you're doing this kind of thing. And it's, um, it was a useful resource, and I do recommend it, but just to pick it up and try to learn to do something with that, that would be hard, you know, having, just having the, and not really having um, the ability to try it out with people or to see other people do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, that is hard. Well, it's, I, I suppose there's a couple different ways. One is just being curious, right? It's pick up the book and, oh, what is an affinity diagram? You might never use mm-hmm. it, yet if you run across the circumstance when that's the right tool to use, you go, hopefully being aware of something allows you to go, I don't remember the name of it, but it was a way of creating links between different parts of a system, so what's what's driving the other one, what's important to it, what's influenced by it, stuff like that. And then somebody might remember, or you can find it, is, and then you have the right tool. If you have no knowledge whatsoever of a tool like that ever existing, um, either you invent it and think, that's brilliant, I need to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> That's happened with other things. And being, oh, that's a great idea. Somebody's already done it. That's right. Yeah. Hey, there's this yeah. thing. How come everything always falls like towards the center of this large mass around? What? You know, we should call that something. <laughs> it seems really normal. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, it's, I think part 
and it, I don't know. There's a, I know it's a Newton quote, isn't it? It's the only reason I've come so far is standing on the shoulders of giants kind of thing. I so, think so. I've always liked that quote. Yeah. The issue is, is that it's being aware of other people's work and what they're working on and, and marveling at it or admiring it or, you know, be, for, for me, the, the issue is, is just being aware. And for years and years and years, I subscribed to Scientific American. And there's all this wizards, material science and, and physics type stuff they talk about, medical systems and biology and all these other cool stuff. And every now and then there would be this, this flicker of a problem. You know, I'm trying to solve some problem in a factory or with a client and I go, you know, if we use this tool over here, it may help us see this in a different light, a different way. Because I've never owned a scanning electron microscope. I, you know, it wasn't a kit my dad got at me for my 10th birthday or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was aware of what it could do. And so I was able to recommend it. And and then we said, well, yeah, that would work. And so we found a lab that had it and went and used it. Um, but the idea is, is that part of it is just being curious. What is out there? So opening that toolkit book and paging through it and going, well, what is this? What is that? And yeah, you don't have to work your way through it and do experiments or, you know, be a master at every tool that's in there. I think there's too many tools to be a master at all of them. Yet I think the broad awareness so that you can get up to speed to solve a particular problem with just the right tool is important. Yeah, I would agree with that. And there's, um, you know, especially with quality tools. Now, now I'm not talking about um, statistics here when I say this, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a lot of quality tools that are uh, team, team-based, prioritization-based mm-hmm. kind of things where, uh, yes, it's a tool and a lot of people have used it. And um, over the years, it's been refined or there's some best practices with it. But that doesn't mean that you can't just try it on your own. Like, Well, like you said, you don't have to be an expert at everything. But if you know about it, go ahead and try it and see if it works for you. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid of making a mistake um, in how you use it. But just be aware of um, that how you use it will affect, you know, the results that you're looking at. So if you use a tool in one particular way and you get this result, just, you know, I guess take a look at the whole um, journey that you took with the tool to get to your conclusion and make sure that it makes sense. Yeah. But don't be afraid to try it. Well, I keep thinking of statistics things, but I'm thinking of, um, it's called, isn't there like the seven basic quality tools or seven fun I think they come up with different names for every author but they're brainstorming for example and flow charts and and fishbone diagram and um, Mm -hmm. I think there were a handful of others that were in there there were seven actually Um, and then somebody came out with a paper the seven the next seven tools and it was design of experiments and control charts and you know (laughs) more yeah more more fancy type stuff the 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 team-based ones is interesting. You can do brainstorm all by yourself. It's just not as much lightning as one way to phrase it. Um, you can come up with lots of ideas and there's, uh, what's the mind mapping? I love doing oh, yeah. that. You know? I do too. And I've never found a program that's fast enough. 
So I, it's just a big piece of paper. And yeah, just go. and colorful pocket markers and pens. And well, it's fun. you know, I can use just the regular old pencil. I'm old fashioned that way. It's, <laughs> it's, it's too slow because if I have to pick up something else, then, it, then it's like reminds me of a professor in college that was teaching mechanics and he had uh, three colors of chalk in his, his hand. And he was proud that he could pick out the color of chalk for the vectors, which was blue without looking. Because apparently he could tell the texture between red, yellow, or red, blue, and white chalk. And if that's your claim to fame, dude, okay. That sounds like a mastery of a tool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But he was very good at all the vectors were always blue and all the acceleration, you know, the second order stuff was red and so on. Scalars were white. And like, so it's like he had calibrated fingertips. He something. should have worked in quality. Well, no, I don't think you'd want him there either. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's more to that story, but he had no idea what he was writing on the board. Somebody gave him the, the script, basically, to show this derivation, but I don't think he could do it on his own. But that's mm. a different story. There's, which is one part, if you, you know, in where I live here in the Silicon Valley, for years you hear about it as, you know, fake it till you make it kind of thing. Well, that doesn't work if you're actually trying to solve a problem. It's, you can't... Per- People go to jail for pretending their blood sampling program or software package actually works. Yes. <laughs> you know, you can't Absolutely fake that. Absolutely true. And right. so the, the back to the idea, though, there are a lot of tools. And so Carl and I tried to list the ones, at least reliability related, that we could think of. And we ended, I, did, I lost count of how many, it's an appendix for the book. Is a long list, and we just put like two sentences for each one, uh, knowing that most tools are available through Wikipedia or various textbooks and all kinds of different places. Sounds like that toolkit book, which I think I have. Is this the pocket one? The pocket size? No, book? it's a pretty, it's a pretty big book. It's like textbook size. Okay, I yeah. have to track that one down. But the idea is, is there's plenty of things out there about how to use something. You know, here's the steps to do a control chart, or here's how do you do this process, or here's, you know, courses and all kinds of good stuff on it. The part I found a problem with is that that when individuals are faced with, oh, I got to go work and solve this problem, they're very naturally, and I'm guilty of it too, is very naturally grab the tool they're most familiar with. You know, mm-hmm. and so I, if I'm really, really good at, at design of experiments or halt, I might default to using those tools, both of which can help you uncover defects in a in a process in a product. Yet they're very different approaches. So which one's right? You know, and and so the the dilemma that Carl and I came up with is that yeah, there's a lot of tools, and first you got to be aware of them, and fight the bias to always use your favorite. Which is hard to do because you know so much about that tool. You know how to apply it or adapt it to whatever that circumstance is. But then how do you choose which is the right tool? And it goes back to what you mentioned, Diana, is the get back with that team. Get back with your stakeholders and say, all right, here's three options here. And here's pros and cons on each of these things. Let's, you know, let's decide what approach we're going to use with all these trade-offs of what we're trying to achieve. Might be a way to go about doing that pull out that tool about facilitation, which amazingly is not listed as a tool for engineers. Yeah, it should be though. Yeah. You know, I've, um, 
I've talked with a lot of statistical engineers too, um, that they they're usually brought in at the end of something, right? Well, here we have this data. Can yeah. you help us figure it out? <laughs> well, yeah. well, instead, um, you know, they like to be part of the the design of the experiment or the test or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, design or plan for the end in mind, which I think kind of kind of goes along with what you're saying. I guess it's a tangent, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you just want to get your stakeholders involved. And, and you may be thinking to study a problem in a certain way and get these results. Um, but someone with a different background, like statistical engineering, may have um, a different way to collect the data or to look at the problem. And those are good things to talk about instead of just jumping on the first tool that you think about. Just yep. taking a moment and really defining the problem and what you want to learn, right? Yep, yep. The other part is that you you might be ready to do this full characterization for six months, and and you know this key stakeholder that is commissioning this project or wants that the answers is going. Wait a sec, no, no, no. I need the answer next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> next Tuesday, eight <laughs> o'clock. I need answers. Or uh, I don't need to know all that. I just say, need to know this. Exactly. Yeah. I don't need a full characterization. I just need to know, is vendor A better than vendor B on this characteristic? You know, do a simple hypothesis test as much as you love doing all this other stuff. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. I'll do it with no other instruction. And, and then I learned the hard way that you need to ask, what, what exactly are you looking for? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it doesn't matter what tool you pick. It's... um the, and I had this happen is my, I was doing an experiment and I come and showed it to my boss and he goes, well, that's not what I expected. Keep running samples until you get my answer. And I, to this day, I believe he's being facetious, but I'm not sure. Oh, <laughs> Cause you, you didn't ask. <laughs> no. Like, All right. anyway. <laughs> you know. So so what happened with the information? Well, the more data it... just proved that he was wrong as all get out with his, you know, desired outcome. And like, yeah, <laughs> oh, right. so we moved on. <laughs> you know, I can, I can see that happening too. That's funny. Yeah. No, and so back to the awareness part it was the, and one last note on this, and we'll probably have to uh, come back to this topic in a couple other ways, uh, is that you know, being aware of stuff and reading books or scanning through stuff and look, you know, what was, because it caught my eye, what are the 37 ways you can, you know, or tools are part of Lean Six Sigma. And a couple of the names, I had no idea what that was. I looked them up and so I've increased my awareness slightly, but that's on yourself. You got to be curious and, and aware that you need to be aware of all this stuff. The other one is, is run into that mentor or the experienced folks and bounce ideas and suggestions off of them. So, you know, is brainstorm the right way to approach this part of the problem? And somebody else may say, no, 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 no. We need to narrow down our options. We got too many and let's, let's use some prioritization type tool. Um, or like in statistics, it's that person that's, you know, the two weeks ahead of you in, in their coursework or something in, in the experience. And they say, wait a second, you, there's a way to use hypothesis tests for variance, but that's on page 18. You're, you're only in page six. <laughs> six and 18. <laughs> it's not any statistics books I've ever seen. But <laughs> <laughs> 
But you know what I mean? It's like, oh, the yeah, next chapter's like, yeah. on that. Okay. It's like, oh, wait a sec. There's a whole world of regression analysis. This is amazing. There's all this stuff. But anyway, there's, there are a lot of tools. There's no doubt about it. There's lots of ways to go about picking them. And it's the gist, I think, of this topic is really be aware of what's out there so that you don't miss the exact right tool to quickly solve a problem for you or to create the information you're looking for. Because you can spend a lot of time trying to reinvent something that is already well documented and out there. You just need to know it's there. Yeah, that's right. And like, you know, sometimes you see on those, um, I don't know, on social media, it's, it's the life hacks kind of things mm-hmm. where they're like, hey, create a new tool. Well, they they take a wrench and then they cut it off and then they put resin on the inside and they do something else. When You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool, but they already have that. Yeah, what, <laughs> the what, hardware what? store, you for like <laughs> 50 cents, you don't have to go through cutting off a $15 wrench to get it. So, right, yeah. so yeah, there, there might be something already available that you can use. And I think you're right. Awareness is key. Yeah. Just, and there's a lot of resources now, like you said, Wikipedia and uh, oh, there's okay. Wiki. Is that still being maintained? I don't know if it's maintained. It's still out there. Ascendo's got a lot of different voices and ways of approaching different tools. Yeah. There's That's definitely right. Out there. Ascendo reliability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was number three on your list. I'm taking a note here, Diana. Really <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> well, I can plug my own site too, Quality During Design. It yeah. has some oh, quality yeah. tools. Yeah, and your, your articles, pot, blogs, and po- and podcasts are really go into some depth and the nuances of when and why you use stuff. I enjoy that. So that's all good. Um, so anyway, if you're listening to this, you know, one is hopefully Ascendo is higher on the list, but uh, quality by design is, is actually a really good resource too. So get over there. But where do you go? Where do you, how do you stay aware of what's going on? What are the new tools and techniques and lab equipment? And, you know, how do you, where do you go to go do this stuff? Um, or do you find yourself picking your favorite tool and, and, and looking for some comments or advice or questions around this topic, let us know. Uh, head over to ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR. And you can find us a couple of ways to get in touch with us there. Uh, Diana and I and, and the other hosts of the show are available through LinkedIn and through our about pages. So like I always say, there's lots of ways for you to get in touch. And we do get a good number of questions. So I'm enjoying that. Uh, as we're recording this in a few minutes, which won't help you to, to attend it, it, it'll hopefully be recorded, is I'm doing a webinar based on all the questions I've gotten over the last couple months on just on the topic of accelerated life testing. It's, it's a class of tools that uh, apparently a good number of people over the last couple of months have, have got questions on. So I'm going to uh, go over a bunch of those questions in kind of a focused way and then ask if there's more questions. And, you know, Diane, I'm really quite concerned that I'll probably end up with like three more webinars worth of questions to cover, which is would be cool. We'll probably do it some in podcast form, too. That, that probably would be cool. Now, now if um, somebody didn't get to go to the webinar, they would, um, how would they access the recording? Yeah, at com, and there's a tab uh, that's labeled, I think it's labeled webinars. I'd have to look. I think the drop down goes to live webinars or live events but the top one is where all the recordings are and there's also the sendo reliability um 
webinar series under a podcast. And so you could listen to it and it's posted whenever the webinars get recorded and we post them to the web to the podcast. But the the slides and the voiceover slides are under the tab called webinars. Or if you click on the webinars part, then you'll be taken to where all those are. And then look for the Ascendo Over Liability series. And I think I was introduced to you uh, to the Ascendo Reliability webinar series years ago when I was, um, you know, I needed some recertification units. And well, most importantly, the topic was interesting, <laughs> but you can also get recertification units by attending the webinar yep. webinar too. Yeah, um, yeah you have can. you have a lot of good series on on the site. Yeah, thank you. All right, cool. Well, thanks so much, Diana. And um I think it was you that told me about the 37 tools, but maybe it was LinkedIn that we both saw or something. So anyway, thanks so much for bringing it up. And it's been a topic of interest for me for a while. So hopefully it uh, uh, will generate a few questions and we'll, we'll take it from there. Sounds great. Talk to you later. Always a pleasure, Fred. Take care. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.